0: Hey, this is John Amos, and uh, they say it ain't easy being Green. Are you ready? Can't win. The New York Jets. can we'll beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Bird! Brady Bird! very passionate. Bird!
1: Bird! Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold
0: falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. Darnold, I, I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't the show. Don't
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam, Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by the number one jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everyone. In quarantine, holla! Quarantine mode, there's no Wookiee this week, and I think he's embarrassed off the whooping you put on him in Trivia, Mike. I think that's why he's tucking his tail and running, so we're bringing back an AEBG favorite along with another one of Mike's boys, Bennett and Stefan, are on the line, say what's up guys. Yeah, this is Bennett, I was on the podcast
0: last year, really enjoyed it, look forward to this year's. Yeah, this is Stefan. first time. As long time the first
1: time I'm speaking. Just happy to be here on the 80s. Being nice, nice. And there's been a lot of moves here that have gone on in the offseason. I'm really excited to hear what Bennett has to say because when we had Bennett with us last year and we talked about the Jets, a lot of times he was like, Guys, your offensive line's the worst. And he was right. And it was horrible. And we've done a lot of things in this offseason to uh, at least address it on paper, how it's going to work out on the field. But that's why I want to start off, Bennett, and ask you. I mean, you know the moves the Jets have made. What do you thinking? Do you like his moves? Do you think he's going in the right direction? Do you think he's being a little bit too fiscally responsible, not going after any big names? What's your thoughts so far in the Jets' offseason and Joe Douglas' performance? First of all, if anything, you have offensive line depth. And whether the guys are qualified
0: starters or not, they're solid players. So if you do go for an offensive tackle in the first round and he doesn't struggle in the beginning, you've got enough depth on your roster. Matt, that until he's actually ready, he like for I actually
1: like, you know, the guys that they got. Greg Van Rove. captain from Seattle, I forgot. George Font. What I read about him, he's a project. So he's a former basketball player, part-time starter, for
0: Seattle, but He's super athletic, and honestly, that's the type of tackle, if you can get him to perform, that's the type of tackle he's needs, because not necessarily a stationary quarterback. He needs somebody who's able to move and adjust. With him, so did a
1: good job when he played in Seattle uh, for Russell Wilson, which is why Seattle kinda of but yeah, and Fawn's somebody that is measurable is at least, you know, I mean they're basketball measurable. So the guy, what, what's his name? Uh Worfs who's coming into the draft this year, who's the giant dude. Fawn has similar measurables to him. We'll see how it works out on the field. And they just did a few things, like like you just said, I mean, depth, I think at least we know we have that now. Mike, we we don't know yet, though, how this is going to actually work out on the field.
2: No, we don't. Um, I think what Joe Douglas did was he just wanted to make sure that Sam Darnold was going to be protected at least status quo from what the talent that was there from last year, keeping everything flexible, not really investing a lot of money into any of these average to below average prospects. But... I believe that his approach was to stay flexible so that in the draft, if all four tackles are taken, he doesn't have to reach for a fifth and can pivot to going receiver or going edge if he so chooses. So I believe that what he really is trying to do is set himself up. So that he can make the best decisions as he begins the rebuild process going forward.
1: Yeah, and that's probably true. I mean, and the biggest name, and some guys that we didn't bring back, obviously, the biggest name being one, Robbie Anderson, who now is on Bennett's squad down there in Carolina. And we're going to get to a few other little Carolina Panthers tidbits, but let's get right into it. Mike, this week... You were on the Weapons Hot Podcast with our boy CJ and Spotty Blackman. You had, uh, I think you were debating, what was the gentleman's name you were debating on? Scott,
2: Scott- Mason.
1: Scott Mason, exactly. And you were talking about. Robbie Anderson, the decision that Joe Douglas made to not bring him back. You were talking about the money, his talent level, et cetera, et cetera. And let's get into that. I want to hear what Bennett definitely has to say, because now he is on the Carolina Panthers. It wasn't too crazy of a contract they got him for. But Bennett, But do you think the Jets made the right decision? What do you guys think, Stefan And Bennett, do you think the Jets should have brought him back? Or do you think the Jets made the right decision by letting him go? I'm not a Jets
0: fan, so I'm not emotionally Robbie Anderson. I, I can watch his team and uh, look at him objectively, you no know, feeling the problem. so
2: You heard on the show that I, that I was on, you know, their point was, oh, this receiver had rapport with Sam Darnold, you took a, you're taking weapons away from him. And my point to them was, he's not really that valuable of a weapon. I understand that he has chemistry. But as you saw with, uh, let me just throw out an example. Randy Moss just decided to join the Patriots and broke all the records in one season. Now, I know he's one of the greatest receivers of all time and with the cheater, I understand that. But you're you're telling me that you're telling me that chemistry is just, you know, it it, it is almost impossible to replace. No, if you have a good enough prospect that comes in and is able to connect with Sam Darnold, kind of like the way Ryan Griffin did last year as a tight end, or even Chris Herndon the previous year, you can get a guy like Denzel Mims, hopefully he falls us to the second round, or a guy like Leviscus Chennault, or some of these other big name receivers in the second round, or even if we want to go in the first round with a Jerry Judy uh, CD Lamb, and and establish that chemistry very quickly. I mean, A.J. Brown established chemistry with uh, Ryan Tannehill and had a f- monster of a rookie season. So I just feel that Robbie Anderson's value is replaceable. And I don't think that he was a cornerstone of talent and that's my opinion on it. And um, I don't know, Stefan, I know you haven't really commented. I know you did listen to the debate that I had with Mr. Scott Mason. What did you think about my take and then Scott's about Robbie Anderson?
0: So I, I believe that I would have liked to have kept Robbie Anderson. Like from the outside looking in, every time I saw him, he looked like he was doing good things in New York. So I keep the continuity with my young quarterback because he is going to that, that third year and at some point, you need to really find out whether he's going to be the franchise or maybe you have to move on once again. So if I want to keep most things in place so I can just figure out what, so I have to contribute anything so like have my guy so I know
2: for sure. He's- right, so you're saying that trying to keep status quo, uh, yeah. keep the environment um, the same or as similar as possible so that Sam could then take the next step is, is a value that... Would been willing to put money into, even though maybe the tool wasn't worth the money, but just the, having that situational um, uh, similarity for a young quarterback would have been worth the investment.
1: Yeah, but let me throw some stats at you guys. I mean, everybody made some good points. When it come when it comes to Robbie, I think Jet fans do get. Maybe, emo- like most football fans, we get attached to players and maybe overvalue them or undervalue them because of that emotion. But in his career, Robbie has only missed a few games in his whole career. And his But his averages, his four-year averages, his 50 catches, 750 yards, about 750 yards a year, and five touchdowns a season. That That's over four seasons, so Robbie makes a lot of great highlights. He's so oh, what he can do is limited, but if you play a team that can't stop what he does, he'll have 130 yards with four catches and two touchdowns. But last year... He finished 45th in yards. I mean, since in the last four seasons in the NFL, there's 50 receivers with more yards than him. 65 receivers, you know, have more touchdowns. So to what Bennett said, when it came to the money they gave him, that's kind of more what I'm looking at. They gave him money that's decent number one or two money, depending on how you look at it. For a guy that I didn't think was a real... I know continuity-wise, what Stefan says makes 100%. That's logical. That makes sense to me. But what I'm talking about, attaching that, the price tag you put on that. Do you give Robbie an extra four or five mil... Even though I don't think he's really worth that four or five mil. Because, yo, he's 6'3". He's fast as hell, but he's 6'3". He's a buck 90. When that dude catches the ball and gets hit, he goes down. When he goes over the middle and catches the ball, he goes down. A guy like Perryman, or a bigger wide receiver, or a true number one. These guys are 210, 215, 220. When they get hit, Amari Cooper gets hit. He might still run 45 yards for a touchdown. So, Robbie Anderson doesn't have that in his repertoire because of his body type. And I just thought that Perryman is somebody, I know he's had an injury-prone career. Injuries have kind of plagued him. But with his size, and last year when he started, I mean, he, he had five great games in a row. The last three games of last season, he had 100 yards each one of the games. I think when you look at it money-wise, arguments both ways. Uh, and I, I totally understand. If I just would have brought him back, Mike, like we said, we wouldn't have been, you know, we wouldn't have lost our minds about it. But I think Perryman is a comparable player. He just doesn't have necessarily a resume people can point to to show that yet. You're kind of saying, you're kind of going off hope. You're going off the end of last season and his measurables and things of that nature, and hoping it pans out. Where a guy like Robbie, even if he's not a true number one, you at least know what you're going to get. And I think that's that's sometimes that's sometimes why people stay uh, like in a relationship because they're just settling, Mike. Right? You know? And we shouldn't settle. We shouldn't be that dude with some chick for ten years when you want her to move out. And that's Robbie yeah. Anderson to me.
2: But I think, you, I think you made a good point. Perriman weighs 215 pounds, you know, solid guy. You know, Robbie Anderson is, what, 185 pounds soaking wet? I mean, in October when the wind started MetLife, you know, he'd get blown off routes and up in, you know, we don't know, you know. It's tiny little guy, you know, no yak. But um, w- Bennett, having a guy like Perriman... Okay, instead of Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson being somebody that blows off that blows the top off the defense, you know, with the speed. Perelman also has speed as well. How does Paraman factor in to the dynamic potentially with drafting another receiver? Um, with the top receivers that are coming out in, in this draft. Could that be maybe a reason that, that Joe Douglas decided that maybe Perriman would be a better coupling with a Ruggs or a CeeDee Lamb or a Judy than a Robbie Anderson and those guys? Joe Douglas is he's, he's feeling me. like Jets' top needs. Pass rush,
0: tackle, offensive linebacker cornerback, and wide receiver. Not in any particular order, but those are the top, top needs you guys be tackled. Faye, uh you ain't got Conor Governor, you may got uh Ray uh, there's some other uh offensive linemen that you, you guys signed as well. Not to say these guys are stalwarts for your uh, organization, but those are
2: needs in the field, cornerbacks. We got here this year. Yep uh, Br- so brought brought members back members Brian Poole right. Yeah, I don't I don't want any of those guys. I'm good. Honestly, what I'm seeing is there's a possibility people think that wide receiver. C D Lamb. C D Lamb uh the get but I'm thinking Henry Ruggs fixed that you explain and you can can you explain to the audience because a lot of our listeners are going to be really excited to hear what you have to say because I've been kinda co- bringing them up about Henry Ruggs and He's not really a popular name among Jet fans, and we have been hearing, I've been hearing smoke that the Jet front office really likes Ruggs. I've been hearing smoke that a lot of these teams like Henry Ruggs, the Raiders, the Broncos. Can you explain to AEBG Nation, to football fans, why Henry Ruggs is so intriguing and why he may end up being the best pick for the New York Jets at 11?
0: Well, um, first of all, speed, can't coach speed, you can't go speed, uh, four, two, seven, four, four,
2: A la Tyreek Hill? Yep, yep, yep. Tyreek Hill. So he's being a lot. I watch him play, Tyreek
1: Bennett, why do, you think, why do you think so many places have Judy ahead of him when it comes to the rook? I mean, I guess Alabama pretty much has three of the top three wide receivers or three of the top four wide receivers. But most lists you see when it comes to fantasy or just the NFL draft, you see Judy ranked ahead of Ruggs.
0: The outside is, it's like, it's something that, it's, it's a, to, to teach a lot of our receivers, don't get to that point in their career where their footwork is, is phenomenal, so like the third year from everything that all the scouts are saying, Jerry Julius footwork is, is phenomenal, so that's absolutely why, because he, he's a complete receiver, he can run every round, I'm not saying that he's like a big guy that's plenty.
1: If I'm left a big guy okay. But he's more like
2: a gonna get up He gets separation just based off Of his ability to run routes And that's the big thing Gotcha, and what about Lamb? Lamb is being compared to guys like Julio Jones,
1: AJ Green I wouldn't call him Julio Jones He ran like a fourth grade on a fraction So he's a separate monster Yeah, and Julio Jones is like two thirties, Lamb is like 190 Yeah
0: um, Lamb is, uh, fast. He runs real
1: smooth. He can Brown, so if the if the Jets don't go wide receiver at 11 and they decide to actually grab a blue chipper when it comes to the offensive line cuz I know like we said, they'd signed a lot of guys that are capable. McGovern's actually pretty good. The rest of the guys are average, you know, at best. But Bennett, the offensive line of the Jets was so bad last year. They ranked almost last in everything that even getting to average would be a huge improvement for us next year. If, just, just, if you just look at it like that. Who do you think would be the best fit when it comes to the Jets, that offensive tackle? Who do you think might still be there at 11? All right, so best fit
0: would be Tristan Works. In my opinion, I think your best fit is Jericho. Well, probably the fourth but uh, when you look at the style
2: Look, Wills has the strength to open holes. Um, He's good to be on the ground game for Bell. He has quickness, athleticism. He can block on the edge. Um, I think that, you know, he played on Tua's blind side on the right side, and he has the ability to play the left. Um, He was a superstar in the combine. Same with Worfs. I really like all four of these guys. But in my opinion, Bennett, um, I want a blue chip left tackle who has been a left tackle his entire time. There is no question about what he is. And that is Andrew Thomas, left tackle out of Georgia. This is the guy that I really want. He reminds me of DeBricka Ferguson. He had a strong 2018 season for Georgia at left tackle. And then last year, he was one of the best left tackles and was voted the top tackle of the SEC that is the prospect I want. I want a guy that I can put there and I don't have to worry about for the next decade. That's just
0: my opinion. Yeah, he's the, the bigger guy, but you have to remember he was a for King Fron who was a pro to the passing, I mean, a pro to the hockey quarterback. Um, he You're plays out of the pocket sometimes, but um, NFL's changing. You're so, right. Like, I'm not going to say he promises that he's to be a good tackle. He's going to be a good tackle with the right scheme. you got to make sure that your guy
1: What do you think about? What do you think about Becton? He's 3'70". Seven, is this guy from Louisville just he's the size of two actual human beings? Is he? Is he for real? Like it's the. I don't remember someone this gigantic in a while being drafted. It just seems like he's too good to be true. Yeah, well, what's the, you just the side? Who's the yo? Who's the last dude you could think of that's this big? I can't I, even. I can't. Who's that, guy on the, remember the that guy on the? Remember that guy in the Eagles? Um, Runyan was like six nine. Yeah, he was 370 and his what was his 40, Mike. It was actually five, five,
2: one, five, one I mean, come on. crazy. It's funny. crazy. What the hell? <laughs> Sonny, oh I mean, How get that out of person? here with that. He he is an absolute monster. And guess what? I mean, anybody who has their own gravitational force, you know, just, just pulling pencils and <laughs> dust around them. This guy is just a massive beast. I would love to see him in the in the green and white. What's your take on Josh Jones, offensive tackle out of Houston? It looks like Adam Gase really likes these off these athletic tackles. And uh, actually, Josh Jones, according to PFF, had the best. Ass-blocking grade of any tackle Coming out of the draft this year I mean, when he's a, he's a Two to three round guy um, That could be somebody that You can target in the second round if you go get your drugs Possible, That's That's true. possible That's true, possible But he does have short arms, he's got like 33 inch arms Now I shouldn't say short, they want, I
0: think it's right mm-hmm. on the Quarter line where they put arm wings to be I got you I know, <laughs> you. I know uh they like offensive Staff, 33 and a half 34 yeah. There's some guys with like 35, 36 arms,
2: yeah. like uh like uh, Beck and uh, Thomas, but when you're more athletic, you can mask the, the army, like, uh, just so, you're saying, so you're saying Josh Jones has Tyrannosaurus breast status, he's got the little arm status? like Alligator alligators. arms. Alligators. Kind of like with quarterbacks with hand size, right? Right, Keith? Remember that that hand size? If you're under oh, yeah. nine, you got a little That's eight, eight inch important. hands,
1: like from... <laughs> Yeah, he's got those he got those little baby hands from <laughs> I mean, what do we got, Bennett, what right, do we got on yeah. our hands here with uh with Greg with uh Greg Van Roten? What do we got with him? Is he good? Is he decent? Is he at least passable guard here that we're gonna have on our line this season? No, no.
2: better than what we had yeah that's better than what we had and and speaking of the uh carolina panthers are you so what's your so b- let me pivot to stefan so uh stefan i don't mean to put you on blast here but uh, keith stefan's favorite player was cam newton he actually thought when cam newton came out of um college that cam newton was the one was going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. And and I remember when Cam first came in and he threw, I remember I was at the Jet game, actually, in his rookie, Cam's rookie season, his first game or second game, he threw like 400 yards. I was like, what? What did he just do? Like, I was like, what did he just do? So, so no doubt, Cam, and I know Stefan and Bennett, you guys are disappointed that you know, Cam's career went, went where it went. Hopefully he could find success elsewhere. What do you think, Stefan, of the new-look Panthers with Teddy Bridgewater there as quarterback and having the coach and receiving group dynamic that they have with Christian McCaffrey there?
0: When I look at the Panthers now, I don't really see what their plan is for the future. Like, getting rid of Cam, I understand you want to get away from the contract. Bringing in Teddy Bridgewater, this is kind of a, stopgap kind of situation, like he's not going to make you much better, he's definitely not going to make you worse, but now you're just going to be a the team, big 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 team big 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 in the NFC South, big so I don't really know what they're going for there, but bringing in uh, different receivers to try to see what, hopefully, help Christian Cappie a little bit, this is where looks a lot in the past few years, so I think they need to move in a different direction from uh wrong aware, but I'm not exactly sure what
2: they're going for. Okay. Well, I don't want to talk. I got to talk to you with the truth. I am a little biased towards Teddy Bridgewater. He is on my fantasy football dynasty team. <laughs> so I kind of take, like, when you say things like that, it kind of tugs at the strings of my heart because I think Teddy's ill. And, uh, you know, no, you don't. I do. I do think no, I don't. think Teddy has a future. I don't I mean, know why I, you got to come I, on here We're going to talk don't about know fantasy. I why you got to do
1: this and disrespect the people listening and w- say that when you w- know you're just saying w- that we're he's gonna on the talk- fantasy
0: team.
2: We're going to talk fantasy in the next show, but what I'm just saying is this. Teddy Bridgewater, his second year, was a Pro Bowl quarterback, okay? He got hurt. It's unfortunate. When he came back, he played for the Jets. We got to see him. He looked good. Obviously, we don't know exactly how good he was because he never really got in the game, right? When he went to the Saints and Breeze went down, and you remember I told you I thought my fantasy football season was ruined, but thank goodness I had Teddy on my team, Teddy... Did his thing and you know what? He's not the type of guy that throws the ball way downfield, like he doesn't have that strong arm, but he is accurate, and I think Keith, you will agree with that. He is an accurate thrower. Yes, he may not be somebody who like w- flings the ball all over the place, but he's not stupid. He understands offenses, he has a good attitude, good character, and I think he's an intelligent quarterback who throws an accurate ball. This wide receiving core has never had a quarterback that, that was this was that accurate. Cam Newton was a phenomenal athlete and he caused tremendous hardships for defenses trying to contain him. But he really was never a great ball placer. This quarterback is and I think that this receiving core is actually going to flourish with Teddy Bridgewater as their quarterback. When we got the new offensive
0: uh, coordinator last year, well, last before he I think that I'm like,
2: year year 3 yeah. so keith do you think you think teddy bridgewater is a scrub though
1: oh uh, no i don't think he's a scrub you're acting like he's some great player the year that he made the pro bowl he made it cuz other guys didn't play in the pro bowl he had 14 touchdowns that year he threw for barely 3000 yards like that's mark sanchez below mark sanchez stats like he's a game manager and he doesn't turn the ball over that often but his whole career 38 touchdowns 25 interceptions that's not some great quarterback, Mike. So I don't know what, what, why you think he's as good as he is. But he's not bad. He's he's, he's an average quarterback, I and mean, he's a lot better than some other quarterbacks. But I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is a game-changing quarterback. I might not lose you the game, might not win you the game, but he's somewhere right in the middle. He hasn't played really since he played however many games last year, and he had nine touchdowns, two two interceptions, played well. But that's with the Saints, um, different team with Carolina, and before that he hadn't really played since 2015. So to me, he's a question mark. He's a question mark to me. Teddy Bridgewater might be great. And Teddy Bridgewater also off the field as a human being. You hear him get it I mean, he's a smart dude. And, like, Mike was alluding to, and I will admit this, Mike, I, I, Cam, you couldn't even – what Cam could do on the field, I don't know any other quarterbacks that could do that, that could maybe you – because know, when, when he was on, when he would get into a groove, he would be pretty accurate, and then he'd run the ball 25 yards and yeah. drag five guys with him. Like, it was unreal. But then sometimes he'd get away from that. And the Panthers fans saw, like, sometimes he'd force balls in places, and you're like, I wonder why he did that pass, you know? Bridgewater, he doesn't really do that. You won't see a lot of passes like that from Teddy Bridgewater. You won't see him make a lot of passes – that you don't understand what he's doing. He probably he reads the routes pretty well, usually makes the right decision, and if he doesn't see someone, he just dumps the ball off, you know? I got you. So
2: pretty much you're saying for me to trade Teddy Bridgewater to Dwayne for a first-round pick. I got you.
1: <laughs> Made him to the creams. I was going to say before I I bet heard, I could Ruggs do it. I bet fat. I could do it too, Keith. Just watch me do it. I'm going to try to do that. Mike, you know that D said he had the – what do he say? His 40 time was a 4 7 <laughs> Yeah, so he, had, he, he did. Ruggs, he has Henry Ruggs speed according to Creams in his fantasy land. You know he, he said did. it to argue he, he, he did, he did, not run that fast on like, stopping. Uh... All right, everybody, so that's everything we got for this week. I want to thank Bennett and Stefan for joining us, providing us with their wisdom. Thank you very much, boys. Michael, if anybody does want to get at us, listen to us, support us in any way, shape, or form during the quarantine time, please let them know where they can do that.
2: Well, we're hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. Please follow us on Facebook at aebg.jetsradio on on Twitter, at AEBG, underscore myj podcast, and on Instagram, at
1: Jet.AEBG. Nice, you heard the man. On behalf of the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris Bennett, Stefan, everyone out there, get at you next week. Peace out.
0: Hey, this is Sean Amos, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans, Jeff fans. Jet fans. fans Bird, Bird! very passionate.
1: Bird. <laughs> Thank you, all you fans. out there, guys. Darnold
0: falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. And Darnold. That's such an upside. Darnold. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Don't be so. a non